Crystal and Susan and I'm going to be hosting tonight and asking them questions so how fun is that? I'm so excited but I'm so nervous (laughs) because we have no idea what she's about to ask us and we're uh, used to being in control. Yes 100% (laughs) so this should be interesting. Yes, so I have some cold questions for them. They have not seen them or heard them. We've not even talked about them. And if you could see their nervous smiles right now. <laughs> <laughs> we're both yeah. like, ah. You know that it is real. Um, but we're going to get started with an icebreaker, just something fun, so you guys can get to know them and know their hearts and their really, really good um, sense of humor. So the question that I have, the kind of our icebreaker is, what would you do with 10 minutes of fame? Boom! There you go. There's the bomb. Out the gate. Busted out the gate. (laughs) Ten minutes of fame. Yeah. And you can go as deep or as light as you need to if you're like, I would like really just shout about Jesus for ten whole minutes. That's fine. I don't know. Like, you think about stuff like this, but then, like, do you really, really think about, like, if it was real, Mm -hmm. what do you do at that time? And I'm thinking, to give you some background, I'm thinking, like, either your Instagram blows up overnight and you have a million followers or yeah. and they only will stay for 10 minutes or you get on a stage or you're at the Oscars for 10 minutes or something where like you have a very large audience for a very limited amount of time. What would you do with that? I've always wanted a bunch of followers on Instagram, but when you really think about it, it's like, that's not really what matters. Mm-hmm. You know, we've talked about that before, but I don't know. I just feel like the more followers you have, you have, the more you can share your heart and share what God has done in your life and, and share everything else that you're passionate about, too. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I definitely think um, it just depends on where it was. Obviously, I think on Instagram now, I'm pretty much, I mean, like, if anybody came to my Instagram, they'd be like, okay, she loves Jesus. <laughs> um, I mean, and that's pretty much on anything that mm-hmm. I'm on social media but if I was, like, to be put on a stage, um, I th- like, the first thing that came to my mind was I would share something of my testimony. Mm-hmm. One, because it's real, um, and someone would re- someone could relate to that in some way, some capacity. Um, and also, it's not just, like, shoving Jesus down someone's mm-hmm. throat, but it would be, like, them actually saying, oh, wow, okay, so she's not perfect or she's not this or that, but maybe it's somehow is relatable. That's the first thing that came to my Mm -hmm. mind. Um, And then I think, too, like how we just prayed Mm -hmm. and how it brought so much peace before we started this. Like if we could just say, okay, everybody join hands. We're just going to pray. Like, think about how many hearts that would touch. Mm. I don't know. I guess it would just be, like, where it was. Honestly, I would have to, if that did happen, like, for some reason it did happen, I would hope that I could take a step back and say, okay, what am I going to do now? Mm. You know, and not just be like, yes, I have this. I've got this opportunity. Like, I'd actually sit back and, and really dig a little deeper and say, what am I supposed to do with this? Because mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. And um, Carrie Job has these lyrics that says, it is not fame that I desire, nor statue in my brother's eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the rest of it? But it's in forever. 
But she's basically like, all I want to do is glorify Christ and yeah. lift up his name. So it doesn't matter how many followers I have. That's kind of what mm-hmm. I'm getting from both of you guys. And yeah. I'm, man, that is, that's a powerful answer right there. Like if you really sit with yourself for a second and think, what would I do with that 10 minutes? Like would I try to get more followers? Would yeah. I try to sell myself? I think at the end of the day, what I'm hearing from both of your hearts is, no, it wouldn't even be about me for 10 minutes. Yeah. Which is so cool. I don't like spotlight on me. Like, I've, I've never been, like, the center of attention type of person. So, I don't, I don't, it makes me really nervous. So, I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think about different times in my life where, like, that is what I've wanted so deeply is just to be able to reach millions and all that kind of stuff. And every now, you know, and and I would lie if I didn't say, like, that is ultimately what I want. Like, I want to be able to share the gospel with everybody in the world. Is that what God has in store for me? I don't know, you know, but... I'd want that to happen if that is, mm-hmm. not versus, like, me pushing that to happen because I know it's not in the right light. But um, I don't know. I mean, I think it would just be awesome to be able to somehow impact but not shove it to mm-hmm. where they they take something away and not feel like, oh, wow, this is another, even though I am a Jesus freak, yeah. <laughs> this is another Jesus freak. You know what I mean? Like, they, yeah. they really were able to, like, process something. Mm-hmm. And not just, like, turn it away. We've had a conversation before, too. Like, I think we shared the dream of the podcast being big. And we've talked about having, like, big people on here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we had watched a sermon with Mike Todd. And he was talking about how, like, literally overnight, one woman sharing his sermon, it went viral. And that's how he got so big. And so I think it's just, like, baby steps. We talked about Amazon and how... The guy that started Amazon literally started in his garage with, like, a bookstore or something. Mm-hmm. And now look where he's at. He's, like, one of the richest people in the world. Yeah. So, it's, it's crazy. I think humble, humble steps with whatever mm-hmm. comes your way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and because I think, like, fame has a tendency to go straight to your, mm-hmm. your head and your heart. And pride is obviously a huge issue all throughout history, all throughout mm-hmm. the Bible. And I know I've struggled with that personally. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I thought originally, like, I would want to make people laugh. Like, if I got 10 minutes with a room full of people, I would want to make them laugh. Mm-hmm. And then immediately I was like, oh, and then that would be it. You know, like, yeah. they would laugh and then that would be it. I wouldn't give them anything that they could take with them. Yeah. And I was like, man, I think I would want to release some people from some things in the room if mm-hmm. I could do that. And, and through prayer or through sharing my testimony. Because at the end of the day, it's not about us anyway. Yeah. But yeah, I struggled with that. I was like, oh, laughter. I love making people laugh. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's like so fleeting. It, mm-hmm. It's so, it doesn't even matter at the end of the day, really. I'm not giving them anything concrete like I would want to. I, I think the big thing is, too, is like even with like sharing our testimonies and it being so serious, there are parts of that that bring out laughter mm-hmm. and that, you know, People do are like you can make light or of it because you've walked through it or you've processed through it and and I think that that even adds more more to it. But I mean that would just be as much as you want that because not for just selfish desires of just being like I want to be famous, mm-hmm. but like as much as you want to say like gosh, I've got these followers and yeah. and I really get to share the gospel with so many people now. You know, it's kind of a scary thing to think about in the aspect of you know, just even where we are now 
and how our hearts are being pruned and purified and refined, what like what what we're going through now, like I would hate to be put in that position and not be ready for that position, because yeah, yeah. um, it would just be a disaster. Like so I'd rather stay where I am and just continue to do what's going on now, um, versus being there and and it and me taking it somewhere else than where it was really intentionally in my heart to take it. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, that's really good. So. I mean, you guys kind of led actually into one of my questions. Oh, so all was, right. That was perfect. <laughs> that was so perfect. So, um, speaking of humble beginnings, I thought it would be really fun to ask you guys how this whole thing started. And I know I think you've talked about it like a little bit before, but I'm talking about like the dream and the prayers that you guys told me that you guys wrote in here before. Like, give them the story about how we're sitting here right now in this beautiful she shed and we're talking about Jesus. Like, how did that start? I'll let you start. Let me start. Yeah, go ahead. Well, you always dream to have a shed. I know. Okay. So you kind of. I always take the. I feel like I always start first. So. Yeah, but you you had the dream for a shed. Okay. Now what to do with it was something you know that came later. Share that. Okay. So I always wanted like a shed, a she shed. I don't even know why. Like, God, this desire. Honestly, I think it's because like I I spend my quiet time now in my closet. But I was like, what a great place to be able like if someone needed. Like, um, not counseling, but if someone just needed a place to come and feel safe for like Mm -hmm. two hours or whatever it is, or just come and talk and just figure things out or pray or whatever, I would love to have a space. And then with the, you know, ministry, with the women's ministry too, um, you know, you just never know, like someone might text you and say, I really just need to come over. And, And it's not as... I guess, intrusive in your house as long as you have something outside. And, you know, that it makes them feel a little bit more comfortable. And I was like, there's just so much open opportunity to have a space um, that I can say, come over. Like, there's no questions about it. Like, there's not going to be any interruptions. And so I just wanted a shed. And um, I would pray about it. And, I would, you know, I talked to my husband about it. And um, I was like, okay. And obviously sheds are really expensive Mm -hmm. and I said one day to my girlfriend I said God's gonna supply the shed and I can remember she said to me she was like if he gives you a shed crystal like (laughs) I'm literally gonna be like what the flip (laughs) and I I will never forget I totally just thought I forgot about this before we just started talking I texted her and I said you will never believe what just happened and she goes if you tell me you got a shed, and I said, I sent her a picture. I said, I got a shed. And she was like, oh my goodness. Like what in the world? And so it just so happened that my husband's brother was on a job site and they were trying to get rid of a shed. And so That's they were crazy. Yeah. And they were like, do you need it? And I was like, absolutely. We need it. You're going to go get this shed. And so we moved the shed to, you know, the backyard, which was an interesting situation. And then it was kind of like, let's gut it. Let's do all this stuff. Anyways, it's just crazy how it worked. There's like so much stuff that has just been freely donated for the space. And, um, and that's kind of where it all started. But Susan and I would meet because, um, our kids were in youth and she has to drive from like super far away. Um, and so instead of going all the way back home, I was like, just come to my house. Like, it'll be a girl's night, whatever. And so she'd come over and we just got to talking and we'd work on ministry stuff and just talk about life sometimes in general. 
And we were like, man, you know, it would be so cool if we could just really get together and talk about Jesus all the time and just put it out there in a more cool way. Like, why not podcast? We love to podcast. And um, we said, let's just pray about it. And so that's kind of the beginning of like what happened. I can, I'll let you say like the rest of kind of like how it came about. So, I mean, we would, I think we've shared before, we would talk on the phone every morning on our way to work. It was just something we did because yeah. we had both drove either, either to carry, well, I drove to carry. She would have certain days she would drive to carry, so we just talked. And um, we would just have, like, heart-to-heart conversations, encouraging conversations. Mm-hmm. Like, there was just some days we weren't feeling it, and the other one would lift the other one up. And so, like, every day we were like, huh. It, it just became routine, and so mm-hmm. we were like, if we're needing to hear this, then to be sure, there's other people that need to hear this too. I mean, like, I everybody's got to screw up. <laughs> <laughs> it can't it's be just us. It's crazy. Is it just us? <laughs> we're gonna and, give our craziness to the rest of the world. <laughs> yes. We're not gonna feel so bad after all. Yes. <laughs> and so then I think we were even like, we should just start recording our conversations. I mean, like, let's just record them. And um, I don't, I don't even know. Like, it was just like you look back on some things, you're like, this is just so silly. Like little girls having big dreams, you yeah. know, almost. And so, um, and then reality set in when she's like, I got this shed, and we are gonna fix it, and I finally got it. And then I remember, I think it was the same day that they brought it over here, maybe the next day. And she was like, I want y'all to come over and let's, um, I think you even said then, let's write some scripture on the walls. And um, because it was just like framed on the inside. They had, it wasn't like, it was just like an actual shed where people probably just stored stuff in. And so a few girls came over here and we sat in like lawn chairs inside the shed (laughs) with a candle lit and froze to death because it was kind of chilly in the dark. And we literally had bugs flying in here, and we were just chilling, sitting there talking about life in the dark. And then we got up. We're like, all right, we really got to get up and do this. It's getting late. So we wrote scripture on the walls, and um, I couldn't even tell you now. I remember where I wrote mine, but I don't even remember what scripture it was. It was, it honestly was scripture. Every scripture that was written on these walls was scriptures casting vision. Yeah. Like it was like, um, like talking about spreading the word and being the light. And, um, it was just like, seriously, I, I can remember reading them and I don't specifically know which ones, that, but I remember that they were specifically like, we're going into the world and we're going to do these and we're like proclaiming, like, yeah. this is what's about to happen in this space, mm-hmm. which wow. now thinking about it and talking about it is pretty crazy, but um, that, I mean, that was what it was. We, yeah. It was like really casting vision by scripture. Yeah. We even, put, I know we put one at the door and I don't remember what scripture it is, but I remember it's basically like, bless all who enter here. Mm-hmm. Let us, oh, wow. you know, basically being, being that light to them. Mm-hmm. And so we, I mean, we, we definitely did that. And then little by little, they were doing different renovations to it and it was coming along quickly, but it got to, well, so we started trying to do this recording thing on the porch. This is my, wait, this is my favorite story. <laughs> This is my favorite part, guys, so listen up. We would sit on her screened-in porch, and... Oh, my goodness. Literally, we could see this building. I'm going to need you to watch what you say in here. Okay. (laughs) Very, very cautious. I'm just kidding. The skeeters. (laughs) They're coming. It was some birds chirping. Oh, my goodness. We would sit on this screened-in porch, and we would look at this shed, and we just knew, like, we're going to use this shed, and it's going to be for something great, and... We are just going to be a safe place for women to come, anybody that needs prayer. But anyway, so we were like, all right, let's try this podcast thing. Let's try to record it. We ordered microphones, and 
brought my computer over here and we sat down and we're like, all right, let's give it a go. So what do we do? I don't even know if we had, oh, we just did an introduction. It's supposed to be a trailer, I think. And so it was just, we thought we were so great, y'all. We literally recorded and then when we played it back, you could hear crickets, you could hear birds, you could hear dogs. I mean, it was just. I mean, we literally told all of them. Like, I mean, I might as well have shared my social security number and my address because someone was about to come pick me up. I mean, it was to the extreme. Then we gave the address of where we worked at. We gave our dogs names. Like, it was just. We just thought it was just a great thing. It sounded Gosh. wonderful. We loved it, too. We did. We, we loved it. We were so excited proud. about it. We were like, oh, my goodness. That sounds so good. Oh, man. Everybody's going to love this. We were so proud of that. We were. That trailer. And I'm not sure. I think we we must have listened to some other podcasts. We were like, um, that's not how trailers go. Like, these people are not giving their whole life background. And they definitely don't have crickets and birds in the background. I mean, it was it was crazy. I mean, but we kept it. We kept it. And yes. we're like, this is going to be raw and honest and this is just going to be real and this is this is how it's going to be and we with just, the crickets in the back yes just real we're on the front porch or the back porch screen import and we're in johnson county yeah i remember oh saying gosh. that like it was just little girls with big dreams literally even though we're grown women and so it was just i don't know it was a lot of dreams a lot of thoughts put into it and then we you know we started planning more and then it got to the point we were able to come sit in here even though there was, like, nothing in here. Like, yeah. we would sit in here, and we didn't have air. We didn't have heat. Like, we would sit in here. We would either be freezing cold, or we would be burning up. And so, we would sit here, and we would, like, plan for the podcast. And, like, I don't even know. It was, like, we'd prayed over it tremendously. Yeah. But it was just, like, I don't even know if anybody's going to listen. But we're going to do mm-hmm. this anyway. And so, we really prayed hard about it. And we just kind of started writing out our visions for it. And... I don't know, it just, we finally got it together after trial and error and learning how to edit. Editing was extremely complicated in the beginning. My husband actually had to figure out some of it on his own because we had no idea what we were doing. So it's, um, it's been a lot of thought and effort and each one we feel like, you know, it gets better. Like yeah. we get better and every day we're learning new stuff. So that, That's mm-hmm. such an encouragement to people listening who are you sitting on the back porch, right? Like, yeah. there's somewhere in their life where they have this dream, and they want to achieve it, and they can't see it, and so it's hard, and it's scary, and they're like, I'm sure that this is silly. Mm-hmm. This is a silly girl's dream, or a silly boy's dream, but if I wish you guys, I'm going to send every single listener a picture, <laughs> because it is the most a beautiful, adorable shed. Like, oh, it doesn't thanks. look... You know, like, you walk in here and you're like, this is legit. Like, they are like to do this. Like, this is not backyards, like, crickets. Like, this is a serious place where you can tell, like, they take this thing really, really seriously, which is so cool. But I was really wanting, how did you guys get the name? So, can you explain a little bit behind that? Just maybe for new listeners or... So, we knew whatever we wanted to do, we wanted to have, like, she shed in it. And so, we, we went back and forth. I can't even, I think we wrote out the ideas. I probably still have them in my notes section. I wanted you phone. to tell them where we were. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, like, we went back and forth over the phone through text. And so, one day we decided, I think it was a Sunday after church, to get up and go to the beach. And so, we packed our stuff up, went to church, left immediately for the beach for the day. And with our kids... And as we get there, we're, like, driving into rain. The, the clouds are, like, welling up. It's turning black. As everybody is walking <laughs> off the beach to their cars, we're going the opposite way onto the beach. And I'm talking about like lightning. These people think we're crazy. Yes. Oh, my God. We're like, we came to the beach. We're going on the beach. We don't even care. Look at them putting their kids in danger. How dare them? <laughs> 
we didn't care. We were like, we came here to cast this vision, and this is what we're going to do. And we legit sat on the beach in our chairs with towels over our heads. We didn't even care. And we sat there, and, like, we literally mapped this thing out. And we, that's where we came up with She Sheds Real Light, because we're like, we know it wants to be She Sheds, because the She Shed. And then we're like, but we want to shine light, you know, mm-hmm. the light of Jesus onto other people. And so it was like between She Sheds Real Life or She Sheds Real Light. And so it just kind of came together there. And that's a yeah. great, like, that's a book story. Yeah. Like that, that will make it into a chapter of one of your books one day. Like that is insane. That's On the cool. beach in the middle of like a storm. Nobody else is there. And you're dreaming up a podcast. Oh yeah. my gosh. The kids were running around and like literally it was freezing. The rain was hitting <laughs> was us so and we're hard. like, it's going to stop. It's going to stop. We just know it. It's going to stop. And eventually it did. It, but it was beautiful. Yeah, it was a beautiful We prayed it away. We're like, we didn't come this far for nothing. <laughs> we are doing this today. Then we left and we went to um, the cookie, the cookie store. Oh, insomnia cookie. Insomnia cookie. Oh, I had yes. never had that before. And so we left and I was like, <laughs> I'm going to eat these. And that was delicious we just didn't care we didn't that is incredible though that really for me is like I can remember being in so many of those moments where I was like I have a dream but is the Lord gonna do anything with it like is it gonna turn into something and somehow he does in the middle of the crickets and the rain (laughs) and the messy beach like somehow he does make something from Mm -hmm. ashes which is incredible but I think I was gonna say too is that I think if you have a dream and you for me you know, I'm a huge dreamer. Like, I I mean, I would probably do like 500 things just because I'm yeah. like, I'm just going to try it and see what happens. But I think at a young age, I learned that the worst thing that someone can say, or not the worst thing, the only thing that someone can say is no. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of like that when you dream. Like, really, what could happen? Uh, it just doesn't go do good or it flops or doesn't work out and you have to do something else. But if, if that's the worst and you get to, like, see that dream come through and, like, mm-hmm. then move forward and do something else, then it's all worth it. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like it's worth it. And so it's kind of, you know, if God puts something on your heart or you have a dream and you're seeking him in it and you feel him saying, like, just do it, even if it's to, and we've said this from the beginning, even if it's just to touch one person, like, one yeah. person gets something out of it, then that, it was worth it, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, if, if, it doesn't do well ever again that God needed to touch that one person and it was going to be through this. And so um, I think trying to keep that mentality too, Mm -hmm. just make sure that you're always keep, because you talked about, you know, the 10 minutes of fame. Like we didn't start, we didn't really truly start this for fame or anything like that. We started it for one person. Mm -hmm. And if we finish it for that one person, then it was worth it. Mm -hmm. That's always been our motto is because he let the 99 do it for the mm, one. Yeah. Like just do it for the one. We've always said that. And I think that's true in anything in yeah. life. You do it for that one person. Keep going every day. Keep pushing through. Keep dreaming because there's at least one person you're going to impact from doing it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's so scripture based. Like that is what Jesus did, right? Like yeah. and he tried to ingrain it in us through parables over and over and over mm-hmm. again. Like just the one, just the one. Mm-hmm. And that's incredible. And I know many people who've been impacted by this. So I mean, you guys have reached so many people, and they've reached so many people, and that's that's incredible that that started with crickets and the beach. Like, that's just, that's crazy to me. Maybe we should put that clip together just so they can hear I it. know. <laughs> I don't know. We might have to edit and cut out a little bit. We can do that. Yeah. I love that so much. So, so question number two is we are obviously in the middle of this crazy coronavirus season and pandemic, and 
we were kind of talking about this a little bit together before we started recording, but how are you guys getting through it and what have you realized about yourselves in the middle of it? Which is like a really serious question. <laughs> so. uh, I'll go, I guess. Um, <laughs> I, I have been through all the emotions. We were talking about this earlier about how, you know, we felt a little bit of everything in the beginning. It was exciting because it was new. And of course, new things are exciting because it's different than the normal routine. And then it led into just, I was bored. I was a little frustrated, ready to have my life back. And then it got to a point where a lot of stuff was revealed within my own like home and family and, you know, family things happened and I was angry. I went through, you know, that and I don't know, I really struggled and I struggled with working um, from home and working in a closet because I'm in a closet Mm -hmm. all day. And so it was just an adjustment. Um, Now I'm just kind of like, whatever it is, what it is. And, you know, I've kind of been through different, different seasons of feelings. Um, But I told Crystal the other day, I was like, the things that have unraveled since I've been home, Mm -hmm. working from home, now I know why it needed to happen now for me wow. and my family because certain things have happened that I could not have dealt with at work. Like it, cry, it would, it wouldn't have been something I could have handled. And so I know for me, even if it, if no one else can figure out why it happened for me, it happened because it, it was at a time I could be home to handle it. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> and so for me, you know, I. I Now that I've been through the anger and and the different feelings of it, now I'm just accepting it. Like, Mm. I'm accepting that this is what it is. This is why it had to happen for me and my family. And, you know, now I'm just thankful that I was able to be home to deal with what needed to be dealt with. And so, for me, that's kind of how I've been dealing with it. And now I've got a heart of gratitude, even though it's still hard. And I found myself a little envious of other people's beach trips while we're stuck here. I was was telling Crystal, and I was like, it's just irritates me like these people are at the beach and we're just stuck here and I'm just like I want to be at the beach that is my happy place and you know we've missed some vacations over at spring break and then an tra- anniversary trip and so you go through all those emotions and yeah. like I mentioned earlier seasons of grief even with this situation and so just feeling a little bit of everything and but I'm, I'm at a good place now and you know I think that God's using this time to to show us a lot of things about ourselves and like teach us about who we are but also I think if anything that I take away from this it's that we don't determine our future only God does and you know we can plan all we want to but ultimately he has the final say and so it's good to dream and it's good to cast those visions but at the same time we can only do so much because future's in his hands yeah that's good and I think for the listeners Just to reiterate, like, it's okay if you're grieving through this process. There's no right way to do that either. Mm -hmm. And like we were talking about earlier, each and every person that's being impacted by this is different. So for you, your family needed this to go through whatever they needed to go through so you could be home, so you could be there. For me, like, it was digging up stuff personally in my heart that Mm -hmm. if I did not slow down enough to catch it, I think in 10 years it would have reaped like really negative consequences in my life. And Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. the Lord has been refining me and working on me in a way that, I didn't even know I still needed to be worked on. You know, mm-hmm. I thought it was over. And so what about you? What what has this been for you? How have you gotten through it? What's it revealed? For me, you know, I am and everybody that 
knows me well, I thrive off of people. And I, I mean, I even work in a place where I'm dealing with people every day. Um, and for my, my dream, it would be to be full-time in ministry and doing stuff. And, and there's days that I find myself super productive. And then there's other days where I'm like, I don't feel like doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've realized that I have such a set schedule. That's one of the things that, um, that God has kind of shown me that I don't, have to be scheduled for him like he just he just needs me and that's it um and so I've really um seen that through through this but also that he's pruning some things inside of me um that need to be taken away and be taken out and I guess I've realized that I suppress things um that I forgive very easily, but I just forgive and like suppress it down. And because I don't think about things, I stay busy and, and you know, I just let it go. Yeah. And um, I've realized that in this season of not being busy, all of those things are coming to the surface. Mm. And so I'm starting to realize that there are things that need to be dealt with that I've not felt. Um, and God's making me feel them and process through them, which has been hard at times and made me want to say, I ain't doing this. Mm -hmm. And, um, I actually was talking to Susan earlier about, you know, I've laid in bed and, and, and cried and been angry at God. Like, God, like, why are you doing these certain things? Like, I feel like I'm taking 10 steps backward when I was like 20 steps forward, you know? And, and, um, Honestly, he spoke to my heart, and I know for some people it's really weird to hear that, like, God God speaks to you, like, not not verbally, but yes, he does. Yeah. And he spoke to my heart um, and, and basically said, you know what, I spoke to you probably in, like, February or January of this year. He gave me something that, like, was so powerful on my heart, and it, it was... Um, something I probably want to share a message on at some point, but, um, he gave it to me so powerful in my heart. And it was like a total story about Jesus and Gethsemane. I can't even say that word. Get, what is it? Gethsemane. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was, um, about him being in like a waiting period before his crucifixion. Um, and he basically just kind of spoke to me and, and, and was like, this is your pause. Like, this is your pause and, um, you're not, you're not stopped. You're not on go. You're just pause. Like, what are you going to do in this pause? And, um, like I said, I, I like, I am all for, like, I wake up and I, I devote time to God and I, I, you know, do things and, um, he's, but I guess in another form or fashion to say, I think, do I do them in the full capacity that I could for him? Or am I doing them for other people? And so he's just taking things and just really teaching me where the focus should be. And even though um, I love that you know, affection and being around other people and stuff like that. He's like, well, kind of like what we were talking about earlier. Like if I strip all of that away from you and you're sitting here in a, in a pause season and you're, you have none of that, um, what are you going to do? Like, are you still going to serve me fully? Are you still going to do these things? And, um, 
you know, it's, it's, it's showing like, okay, like some days I want to, and yeah. then some days to be honest, you know, you're, I struggle yeah. and, um, because it's different, but, um, he's just showing a lot. I feel like he's showing me a lot. And then some days I don't hear anything, you know, and some days I'm just sitting there just waiting to hear something. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's kind of that pause too, you know, and just, just trying to accept it all for what it is and see and feel the good out of it and not get so engulfed in all the negative that could be brought from it, um, which is just hard sometimes. Yeah. I definitely would think like the word refining and pruning, both of those words come to mind um, when thinking about this and seeing how everybody's handling it so differently. But yeah. across the board, I think a good question that we can pause and ask ourselves, and if you're listening, to ask yourself is, who am I when everything is stripped away like you just said? Yeah. And that has been really hard for me to answer personally. Like as a ministry leader, who am I when most of my ministry efforts are stripped away? And who am I when people can't see me loving Jesus? Do I still love him just as much behind mm-hmm. a closed door mm-hmm. as I would on a stage preaching about him? And so it has definitely been a time to dig up like some dirty junk mm-hmm. in my heart for sure. <laughs> yeah. hundred um, percent. So the next question, and I really, I am just feeling like the Lord is going to do something to a listener through this question. I just can feel it right now in my spirit and it's going to be hard, but Um, it would be, what is a lie that you have lived in or that you are currently living in? Um, and if you have lived in that lie, like just that belief about yourself or about somebody else or a situation, how did you get victory over it? Or I think it might even be, what are you living in right now? Like, and how are you striving to get victory over that? Cause a little background on that question is for me, like, I can definitely see some lies that I've believed about myself. I'm only good if I'm producing. I'm only good if I'm serving. Um, I'm only worth it. God only wants to see me if I'm on a stage dressed up with makeup and hair done. He doesn't want to see me when I wake up and I've spent too much time on Netflix. I'm not good enough for him there, but I am because I'm a daughter of the king. And so kind of I was thinking, man, there's so many different ways that we could go with this. And there's so many different people listening that... I'm sure they would relate to some of your answers or even you would reveal something in them that they haven't even realized too. It's a deep one. It goes deep. I would say, um, I could say off the top of my head, currently work-wise, I work in mental health. And so I have really struggled and I've talked to like my office manager and um, one of my coworkers about it is, you know, not being in the office, physically seeing people, interacting with people, but talking to them on the phone instead is difficult for me because I feel like I can't help them as much if they're not in person. Um, Mm -hmm. Not that there's anything, not so much that I can do anyway, because obviously I'm not a licensed therapist or anything like that. Um, But there's just something about being, having that face-to-face interaction and being able to just say, you know, like, I'll pray for you. Because I feel like when somebody looks you in the eyes and, and they can see, like, if you truly mean mm-hmm. something, or on the phone, you can say it, but they really don't truly know that that's, you know what I mean? Happening. Like, that's something yeah. that you're really going to do. So for me, I've struggled, you know, with, okay, well, I'm not in the office, so what impact do I really have on these people? Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't feel like I'm able to fulfill what I'm supposed to be doing in this job right now. Um, but there's been some situations where, like even just today, you know, just hearing people on the phone and encouraging them and letting them know that they are good enough and they are beautiful because there's, you know, we all have self-doubt, self-worth, self-worth issues. Um, and there's a lot that people struggle with 
people sitting right beside of us that we would not even know about because they're so good at hiding it. Yes. And so that to me, like that's something I think about my own self and, and how many times I've hidden stuff that, you know, people had no idea of because I'm just good at putting on that face and yeah. pretending to live this life that I really don't live and that I'm not hurting and that I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes we think that it's weak to admit there's an issue. We yeah. think that it means we're less than. We think that we're not good enough. Um, and so I know that for me, that's something I, I did years and years of, like pretending to be someone I wasn't. Not necessarily someone that was really, I shouldn't say like I was fake. Like I wouldn't, mm-hmm. wouldn't backstab you or anything like that. But really, I guess it was fake because you're putting on this fake face every single day and pretending to be somebody you're not, that you're not a hurting person. And so for me, mm-hmm. I've shared that, um, I know I'm going into the past, but I, I think for so many years I dealt with um, depression, not necessarily really anxiety until the, the past few years, but um, like I dealt with just bitterness, angerness, resentment, and I took it out on everybody around me in different ways. And I never really understood why. Like, I just, mm-hmm. I'm like, why am I the way I am? I was on my car, in my car on the way to work one day. It was after our three for one meeting and Crystal had spoken. And I'm like, all right, we got to get to the root of this issue yeah, and truly yes. figure out like, what is the problem? Why am I unhappy? Why am I sad? Why, you know, why do I, why am I the way I am? And so I remember that morning on the way to work. I didn't have makeup on by the time I made it to work because I just like <laughs> cried and cried. And I, but by the time, and I was talking to God throughout it, like, okay, well, when I was this age, this happened, you know? And so it, it I've shared recently that, you know, it started with my dad leaving. Like, I don't remember him, but I know that the absence of a father was something that affected me. I didn't realize that for many years until probably the past few years, like, oh, okay, that's where it started. That's the root of my issue. Mm-hmm. And then I, I found that fulfillment in guys as I got older and, you know, want to be approved by other people, whether it be how I dress or how I act or, you know, just being popular or whatever, whatever that meant, whatever that looked like. Um, And so I would still pretend that nothing was wrong. And, you know, it just really took God revealing like, okay, this is the root. This is where it started. And when I was in high school, I was raped. And so Mm -hmm. for that, that dug a really deep hole and I just kind of threw it under there and buried it and didn't try not to think about it because I'd shared like if if we don't admit it then it really didn't happen and so that for me brought shame um resentment anger bitterness like all of the emotions you could think of and then I just took it out on other people around me and never really I guess myself I can't say that I was intentionally fake because I really didn't know the issue back then but I was able to finally get to that source and start dealing with it. And so for me, once I figured it out my own self, I was able to say, okay, God, now what do you want me to do with this? And I remember texting Crystal and I was like, I don't even remember exactly all I said. I just remember saying, all right, God wants me to share my story. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember, like, I don't remember all the details. And I don't even, and I was like, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know where that is or when that is. But, you know, I feel like this is what I'm supposed to do. And I remember being like, I'm not sharing my story. Mm -hmm. No, nobody needs to hear that. Like, no, I'm not doing that. Because my mom didn't even know half the stuff that I'd done. And so that was, for me, like, was a fake life. Like I, if anything, I was definitely fake with my parents cause they had no, they may have had idea, but they say they had no earthly idea, mm-hmm. you know, what I was out there doing. And so I look back on that and I would say for many, many years, I hid who I was up until gosh, like three, almost three years ago. Wow. And so 
once I dealt with that, and I did share my testimony, I think it was like last April at a three for one night. Crystal had to help me through, <laughs> help me through it. Um, so for for me though, I would say that that's something that I lived in denial, lived out a lie, you know, for so many years. But I'm it's such a release, like when you get rid of it yeah. and you're able to put it out there. And when you speak it out, it's like it's just a weight lifted because you feel so you much better. Write on it. Yeah, huh. you do. And I remember when I left that night, I was like, I feel I feel okay. But I still don't feel relief. And so I knew that there was something I had to do. I had to send my mom, like, tell my mom, like, listen, you're probably going to hear this because they recorded it. I was like, so let me just go ahead and tell you everything. But the minute I sent that, I was so nervous. My husband was like, are you okay? I'm like, no, I don't know what she's going to say. Because I emailed her. I was like, read this when you're at home by yourself because I I couldn't, I couldn't Mm -hmm. talk to her. And so, but her response was good. And so Mm -hmm. after that, I was like... Oh, I feel better. I can breathe. And now I can start healing. Like, and truly I was able to start healing because I had actually spoke it out and Mm -hmm. I had brought it into existence instead of continuing to hide something that was a part of me that I didn't want people to know because I shamed my own self for it. Yeah. And it's so crazy that you use the word root. Like what is the root of that? And something I've always believed in for a couple of years now that the Lord told me was, I was asking him, like, I want the fruit of the Spirit. Like, I want all of them. I want them so bad because they're wonderful patience and joy, right? And self-control and don't have that when there's candy around. So could you help me out, you know? And um, he said, you can, you will never access the fruit unless you get to the root. Mm, never, ever. Good. And so I was like, okay, well, let's get to the root. Like, let's yeah. just do this real quick. And, like, years later, I was like, oh, like, they oh, like those roots go a lot deeper than I could have even realized. Like yeah. even at 26 going to counseling, I'm still digging up new roots. And I'm like, is that even there? Like, am I still hurt and upset by that? And you will never get to that fruit, that freedom, that that feeling of like, oh my gosh, I can breathe and start mm-hmm. to heal unless you dig that up. So yeah. I just, I love that. I love that so much. The whole time she was sitting there talking, like there's nothing better for my heart to see freedom in somebody and from seeing like her at the beginning of it and walking through that freedom and then her just speaking about it and feeling so free that it didn't even bring a tear she didn't even question what she was saying because (laughs) like I like literally I'm just like Oh my gosh! Like yeah, you, you can were, see. I looked at you, and you were looking at her so excited. Yeah. Like, she's just like she had the. I know. I'm because, like, why is she laughing because, right now? I mean, she's like. I mean, you can see the freedom. Like, and that doesn't mean that there's not still like hard parts, and there's not stuff. But like, you are able to like speak about it, and wow. and like tell people and not feel ashamed of it and like just see it like just hear that I'm like okay that's good (laughs) I mean that made me so excited yeah you're like you're like a proud mom she says that all the time she's like I feel like I'm having a proud mom moment she did that one time at Ciara. All I did was read like the eight principles. Me and my husband. She's like, I feel like a proud mama watching her child. What'd you say? Blossom or something. And I was like, what? And then I'm that weird friend. <laughs> I was looking at you like, wow, like she's, she's not so smiling. She's so she is really about this. I don't find this humorous at all. Really happy right now. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> Um, so let me think, because obviously that's not, I was thinking about how excited I was for you while you were talking. Um, no, I, the first thing that came to my mind is I've always dealt with mind battles. And for me, the biggest thing is, is like, I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. 
um, and that just, and that's really deep rooted, you know, it's, it's something that, um, it comes from my, you know, from my past and the enemy knows that that can make me isolate myself and just be like, well, I'm not, I can't do that, you know, and so I have to fight it all the time. It's something that just, you know, is a constant, um, making sure I'm like checking myself and stuff, but you know, I'm not good enough because I've been through divorce. I, you know, how could God use me on a stage or on a platform with having to go through something like that? I'm not good enough because I've been through domestic violence. Like how could yeah. God use me when, you know, my past shows like such craziness, you know, I'm not good enough because I have, you know, dabbled in drugs before and, and people knew me then and, Mm -hmm. and they saw a different person, you know, I'm not good enough. I mean, the list goes on, you know, I'm not, I'm not good enough because of just crazy things. And, um, I have to just remind myself constantly that, you know, I am a child of God And that because of that, I will always be good enough. Um, And all I have to worry about is doing what I know is right and allowing God to use me however he wants to. And it has nothing to do with anything that I could do anyways. Like, it, I mean, truth be told, like, if I got up and just rambled on about something, I mean people would probably be like, who is this girl? Who is this chick? You know, but like, I know when God puts a word in my heart and I know that, you know, for a long time I was like, am I crazy? Like, is this, is this crazy? And then, you know, I started accepting like, not everybody hears from God like that. And if God's given you a word and and he's given you scripture and he's telling you specific stuff about the Bible and, and you feel it passionately, then you need to share it, you know? And, but that doesn't mean that, my past doesn't come up every now and then and that there are ugly parts and there is shame that I still deal with sometimes and um and I have to you know fight and yeah. I have to say no like I'm not I'm not doing this like I'm not going to let this you know attack my future I'm not going to let this attack me right now I'm not going to let this have anything on what's going on right now so it's just one of those things that I have to continuously um, kind of check my heart or check my soul or check, you know, um, and make sure that I'm in the scripture and I know the truth because those lies that the enemy likes to tell mm-hmm. you and likes you to think so that you don't step into your calling or you don't go into your purpose and, and he holds you back for, I mean, think, I think about the many years that I probably were, was held back by those lies. Um, just knowing the truth of what God has called over us and, and knowing that he has called each and every one of us to do something great, um, for him. And, um, I just think making sure that I know that constantly, um, is one of those things that it's easy to say Mm -hmm. and everybody's like, Oh yeah, I know that. But then when you're living in a struggle or you're living in, you've, you've had a, a really hard past, you know, it's, it's something that you have to remind yourself of daily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it can be, that can be so heavy to carry mm-hmm. by yourselves. Like what I would want to say to myself 10 years ago is ask people for help. It does not mean that you're weak. It does not mean that you're too broken. It does not mean that the Lord cannot use you. Like phone a friend for real and say, mm-hmm. Hey, pray for me because I'm struggling with insecurity or pray for me because I'm struggling with shame or can you come over or 
I mean, some of the weakest moments in my life have been turned into the strongest stories for the Lord. And so yeah. when I, if I can just remember that when I walk through those mm-hmm. difficult seasons, but that can be so heavy to carry. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, this has been, this has been so much fun to be honest, to hear <laughs> your, your voices and to hear a little bit more about you guys and to get to flip the switch and ask you guys questions has been fun. So thank you for letting me do this. Yeah. Thank you for coming on here and doing this because honestly it was your idea and we were like, yes, yeah, we think this is a great idea. So it's exciting. It's yeah. fun. It's different. And it definitely gives an opportunity to, you know, hear, hear, I mean, they hear our hearts week after week, but in a different way. So. Yeah. Been good. So this is the end of our first season. We have recorded all the podcasts for this first season, which have been crazy fun and emotional and <laughs> all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um, and so we're gonna uh, pick back up in August. August fifth, we're gonna pick up with the new season. So fall when everything's starting, all the shows on TV are starting back. Schools get ready to start back. Hopefully. Um, we will be starting the podcast back on August 5th. And so we hope that you'll tune in then. Make sure y'all subscribe. That way you will be alerted when a new one goes live. And if you don't follow us on social media, um, make sure you do that because we've got some exciting things coming up for over the summer that you're not going to want to miss. Yes, super exciting and yeah, you're not going to want to miss it. <laughs> <laughs> All thank right. Yes, thank you. So thank you, Rachel. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.